Hi, this is Dondi, and welcome to Tom's Take. Okay, family, I again am with my special girl. So those of you all who don't know that is, that's my baby girl, Dunk. Hello. And this subject is asinine to me, but again, the key word in that is to me. We're getting ready to talk about discovery. Now, are we talking about gold? Are we talking about coal? Are we talking about oil? Are we talking about, I don't know, the cure to cancer? We really don't have to do like this. No. We really don't. America, Facebook friends, my people, we are not talking about discovering any of those things. We're not even talking about discovering you have $20 left in an old coat. What do you say? Are we discovering? Well, we're discovering, wait for it, that we're black. You say what? Well, I'm going to allow my guests to fill in those blanks. Duke? Okay, so I knew I was black. Like, uh huh. the way you know you're black in the sense that you know you're not white. Uh-huh. But I didn't. I didn't know to kind of explain it. I always went to schools where race, quote unquote, didn't matter. I, I was smart enough for all the programs I was in. I was, I fit in whatever that means. I did the stuff that everybody else did. I read the books and watched the shows and had the conversations. My intelligence was matched with everybody else. So I didn't know I was black. And the way I found out I was black let me put something in context. All right. Let me interrupt. Let me start with for those of you all who have never seen me, and many of you have never seen uh, the sperm donor. <laughs> we both, by no stretch of any imagination, mm -hmm. fantasy, or such, are not anything else other than black, African American, melanin touched. Permanently tanned. We're caramel and chocolate. What? Uh, what? Uh, uh, kissed by the sun. So I wasn't. And let me add to this. We went to a southern church where they black. Everybody was of that color. Well, you know, black people church. I even went to an all black uh, after school program. Yes. Um, we ate on Sundays the typical soul food um, foods, which I don't like. Um, I've always loved R&B and, you know, Marvin Gaye and Al Which Green. I don't really listen to. And I can dance. Soul Train was my thing. And I have no rhythm at all. So, now you heard the, the, the sidebar conversation. <laughs> when I say absolutely nothing <laughs> that is ethnically black. Whatever that means. She was not it at all. I remember saying, does she know that she's black? And the it answer was honestly was no. Uh, the way I found out I was black, which is <laughs> by far the stupidest way for anybody to discover anything. I was in class and I was doing an in-class group project with some people, uh, some of whom were brown, others of whom were white. Uh, and 
I started talking about microwavable rice because we were talking about food deserts. And the people in my group looked at me as if I had grown uh, a second head and now had eight eyeballs. And I I didn't understand why nobody else knew what microwavable rice was. <laughs> I was like, it's, I, like I explained it, I was like, it's, it's, it's rice that you put in the microwave. I don't, I don't understand. Here's what's interesting. Now, for my friends and family who are older than she is, real talk, I had never heard, excuse my French, I have no damn microwavable rice. Not because I didn't know about microwavable rice, but because, again, stay focused on this, how this is an interesting dynamic. Microwavable rice in context for me. That was a luxury, right? Was a white thing. Yeah. So isn't it interesting how how the turns how have that, tabled? It's a white thing. We grew up where you a pot with water <laughs> and butter and time determined the way was the determination of what you use or the ingredients or the equipment or the tools to cook rice. Rice never went into the microwave unless it had already been prepared on the stove and the next day it was leftovers. So carry on with your microwavable rice. Yeah, so that 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 was the moment. And I came home. Oh my. This is, the, and this this is the real stupid part about this story. I came home, looked my, my mother, this woman, in her face and said, mommy, I'm black. So now mind you, on, I'm going to say on February 27, 1999, I gave birth. But it wasn't until 2000. I was a junior, so 16. 15, 16. 15, yeah. Whereas the doctor had told me it's a girl 15 years before that, it was 15 later that she came home and said, Mommy, I'm black. Now, I think there's a lot of things that your children can come home and say that they are that would make you pause from mommy, I'm gay. Mommy, I don't longer want to be a Christian. Mommy, I want to be a boy, girl, girl, boy. Mommy, I want to get married. Uh, mommy, mommy, I want to move out. Pregnant. Uh, mommy, I'm pregnant. Um, mommy, I'm in a gang. Those are all things that I think we all unconsciously, unconsciously, excuse me, sit back and maybe mentally, emotionally, physically have had counseling are ready to discuss. But a black and or white or and or any ethnicity child, parent, parent, have their child come home and confirm their ethnicity to you. You find it necessary to just sit there and say, so what? Okay. Could you start it from the beginning? I'm not understanding. So then she travels down the microwavable rice world. Again, you mean to tell me you have a woman walking around with kinky hair. Yeah. I'm full. I have, I have hips. I'm dark complexion. Yeah. I like R&B music. Yep, yep. I dance. Mm -hmm. I can enjoy uh, a plate of greens. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you just found out that you're black. You know, on the surface, 
this story sounds so like like not a thing <laughs> until you dig a lot deeper into it and you realize why it was possible for a 16 year old girl to not realize her race and it honestly it goes back down to the environments we put our black kids in i was in an environment where up until that moment i did not realize how much race ethnicity my skin color my hair colored the way people saw me until that moment that was the that was the first time my eyes had ever been open because up until then it never mattered i'd been a teacher's pet I've, I've been kind of a loner up until college my whole life. I, I stuck to my books. I like to watch TV. I was I was very much a home loner body. And so it was not until that moment that I realized that people saw my skin color and they didn't see me. And the moment I realized that, it changed how I saw everything. It changed how I acted. It changed how I responded to things. And I, I think... It, it opened the door for some very interesting conversations between me and my mom after that. Because in that moment, I think she began to understand me and why I didn't react to things the same way she did for most of my life. Because I didn't understand what she was talking about. I never needed to. And it's interesting. She really didn't, despite her intellect of understanding intellectually, it was surface understanding. It's like anybody telling you something, you're like, oh yeah, I get that. But it had there was not enough context behind it to make her navigate that world. Because one of the things I'd always said consciously, I, I thought she was amazing who she was. I never told her not to read. I never told her that she didn't, couldn't do the things that she did. And, and for me, it was, I felt like I was saying, okay, she's displaying blacks do that. Blacks do like Maroon 5 and think, uh, Michael Buble's music is good. They do because you're black and you do. And so, but again, when I would say that it didn't have, it, it didn't have the depth that microwavable rice did. And from there she became Angela Davis, Malcolm, Malcolm Xena. She became <laughs> so radical because now, because she never had to defend her intellect. She never had to defend. She was an equal. She never had to defend her understanding of the things. But after microwavable rice, she had to now defend the fact that she had that knowledge and she was black. Or maybe she had to defend that I'm black and I have this knowledge. And I remember going through from that, from maybe 15 until now, I would get that call and she would say, Ma, I'm the only one. And up until that, she never said she was anything. She was like, oh, mommy, I met Carol and Linda and Sarah. And she says, I'm the only one. And I remember my heart breaking because it's like a, a, a revelation, eyes opening and like, wow, I'm really the only one. And, and it happened over and, and over, over and over again. I, I mean, and... and it's almost crazy because it's like, once I realized I was black, it almost felt like stuff kept happening to me to let me know I was black, or maybe the stuff had already always been happening and I just didn't know how to feel about it. I didn't know how to deal with it from a girl asking me, do you like your hair? And I had an Afro and she's like, cause I just couldn't imagine it on myself. 
what type of book okay <laughs> to playing if you don't know this game it's called werewolf and you accuse basically somebody of being a criminal and all the pieces of paper ended up in front of me and i was the only black person to a girl wholeheartedly telling me when i got in college that the only reason that i got the scholarship i got is because affirmative action it's just like every single time something new would happen and i was like what's this this always was this always what life was like and i just i just didn't know and it, it it's weird because it dropped this level of pressure on me this level of radicalization that i didn't have at first and it it changed well maybe not changed a lot about my personality it, i think it maybe unlocked some stuff that was always there and it simultaneously showed me a lot more about myself but it also made me a lot more insecure about a lot of the stuff i liked because how am i as a young black woman supposed to you know throw my hands up like yeah black and proud but i run a dungeons and dragons campaign on the weekends like how am i supposed to you know march with the masses and i like unironically watch cartoons every single night because it makes me happy like where where do i fit in in that spectrum how do i make black friends because they don't see my blackness either They're talking about oh i really hope you join a black student org when you get to college because your blackness is out there to well you're not like the other blacks with over here where do i sit where do i fit in in this whole thing and i think as a parent no i don't think as a parent i know as a parent that your heart breaks a little bit but then there's this other part of me that says i told her walk into that room and when you walk into that room it's not about the walk in it's going to be the walk out you walk out that room with them saying Okay, did you just see her? You you display the red afro. And me and my girl both, me and my daughter both are, 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 are stout women, if you will. You walk in there and you leave with such a force that they say, did you just see her? Did you hear her? Own the stereotype and then change it. And what I mean by own it and change it, you walk in as a black woman with curly, that you, that's who you are. And they already have a, a, a preconceived notion of who and what they think you are. But you leave them with the taste in their mouth of knowing exactly who you are. But don't give them all of it. It needs to be just enough mystery left that they know that they not know that there's more to you. But you know that there is more to you. It's It's been such a revelation for us. I always think I told her, you know, when people say, I didn't know blacks did that. And you say, do you see me? And of course the response that they do. Yes. Okay. Well then they do that. We do that. We are not monolithic. We are not just one something. Everybody doesn't eat this. Everybody doesn't listen to this. Everybody doesn't like this, whatever this is. And I didn't think about putting her in that environment because I felt like I'm her mom. So of course she knows she's black, but I didn't have to navigate at 15 and 16 and 17 with people of a different race on that level. I was always confident in my blackness uh, because I was raised in an environment where that was different. She lived two different worlds. She went to school and was with them, but she could not fit in with them socially. She would come back home and she would be with us, us being her, her, her family and such, but she could not fit in ethnically with them. So she navigated somewhere in the middle. 
And as her mom, it's heartbreaking because I didn't recognize it. She didn't know the words to say, and I didn't have the eyes to see. So it was never a clash. We never clashed in it as much as we evolved together to get to a place where um, we're the baddest to walk in. I tell her own it, and I love to hear her speak, and I love to hear her um, drop knowledge, and I love to hear that she's interested in this and her history intellect and her political intellect and, and then her cartoon intellect and whatever. I love that because it just shows that we are we are more than what people see, but we are also more than what we see. What we allow ourselves what to be. What allows to be. Allow ourselves to be. So um, the discovery was amazing. It was. And I think I think now is the time where we need to start letting our black kids discover themselves. Whatever that is, it, it might not make any sense to you as a parent, which is fair, because there are definitely some things that I still do that do not make any sense to my mother at all. But she she lets me be me. She she lets me, on the one hand, go into a full spiel about a book I just read about black women in slavery. And then in the exact same coin, explain to her why I still, after seeing it 15 times, laugh at the exact same scene in Ice Age every time. Never fails. Absolutely. And I think, and I know, I'm going to stop saying I think about this because these are things that I know as it relates to my life. You know, I never stopped parenting. I, I've never stopped, you know, when I need to say what I need to say, I'm going to say it. Uh, when I need to in, ensure that she does what I need her to do, I tell her that. But a part of the blackness that I give her is my authenticity. I am genuine in who I am. And regardless to sometimes of some of the superficial ways that things display themselves in our lives, I never allow myself to give her anything other than the most genuine me, whether it's something that's acceptable or unacceptable by based on her experiences in life. So that's what I give her. And she receives it in such a way that in, in return, I get her in her most authentic way. And it allows us to see each other in a way that, you know, others may not. But the beautiful thing is that we're not spending our time no longer looking at others. Look at us. We already confirmed the look when we left the mirror. So now it's just up to you to see what you want to see, because we are definitely there doing what it is that we want to do. So um, all I can say again is Christopher Columbus discovered America, but baby, he ain't got nothing on discovering that you're black. <laughs> so that being said, this is the end to yet another fun, uh, interesting topic between me and my favorite girl. So is there any last words you want to say, um, Duke? Um, I guess I would just say in the grand scheme of things, blackness is whatever you are. If you're black and you're doing it, then it's a black thing to do. And and there's that. And there's that. So on that note, until the time comes for us to do what it is that we want to do, and that is talking. I'm out. 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 I'm out.